Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles. I'm Ron Kolick, your host. Daddy, 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 daddy. Anyways, with me, all the way from East Bridgewater, is the blonde bombshell herself, the most lovely Anne Carrigan. And all the way from the land of the Red Dragon, also joining us tonight, is the most notable and most cherished uh, parapsychologist and ghost hunter, Steve Parsons. And all the way from some other town in Massachusetts is the most honorable and chip off the old block, mini me, Ron Jr. So we got a crew. Hello. Yeah. Hello. All right, my, so we're all here. My goodness, we have a full house. Yes, we do. This is and, exciting. And this, yeah, this this all started um, with Steve Parsons. Steve and I were talking, and uh, all right, we'll blame him through yeah, chat. I, so inevitably, I was going to get the blame then. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we, ca- I came across this this thing where a ghost hunting group was uh, go funding themselves for ghost hunting equipment. Really. And, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and I just don't understand that. So I, I thought I'd like somebody else's point of view. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. but uh, No, you're just aggravated that you didn't think of it first. No, not at all. <laughs> I've, I've never, uh, I've, you know, any, any self-respecting ghost hunter uh, takes care of themselves. They don't ask other big people for handouts anyways. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, but do you know how many paranormal groups have got, you know, the claim that they're not for, not for profit? And then when you scroll right down to the bottom of the site, you see the donate PayPal button. Ah, oh, mm-hmm. nice. Well, nonprofits still can get donations, yeah, but no. I don't think they should be actively soliciting them. Yeah. The, uh, and you, you had the group of our most haunted, uh, East Bridgewater's most haunted. And mm-hmm. did you ever uh, look for or ask people for money for ghost hunting? Oh, hell no. No, of course not. Of course not. No, I totally agree. No self-respecting group should be doing that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. My point is that even though you're a nonprofit organization, Mm -hmm. because I work for a nonprofit organization, you can accept donations. But don't hold our tin cup out. And and we all do. Put it in there. (laughs) <laughs> and, and we all we all do get uh, certain perks. I mean, Ian and and Steve certainly more than anyone has been doing this for quite a while, mm-hmm. and uh, because of the work we've put into it, we we do get approached by people who will give us equipment to try out or or whatever. Really? What, don't you? <laughs> what, so I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to go back and look through my when where where where's the note Wait about. I know, Steve. I've never had that happen. Have you? No, I'm just looking for the memo now. (laughs) Steve, where'd that that ghost meter pro come from? Uh, That was a personal gift. Oh, a personal gift. Uh There you go. He got it for Christmas. 
All right, so I'm the only one that... I'll get it off Rome. Only people... Evidently, so whatever. Anyway, uh, I thought that was interesting anyways. And then uh, I was contacted... uh, Well, I was talking to Maury Wood, of course, who was my partner for many, many, many years. And we had done an investigation in Salem uh, at at a place down there. And Ron, you, Junior, you were there before. Uh, the inn at Washington Square. And, uh, uh yes. You remember I've been that, there. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were there too, Ann. That's right. You were I there before me. I there. Yes, I have. You were there before me, actually, Ann. I was. So, anyways, uh, the, the gentleman that owned the, the inn sold it and they moved down south. And then they went and came back and they bought an inn up in, uh, New Hampshire and, uh, supposedly haunted and, they they were talking and they said, Oh, we did have a ghost hunting group come in and they actually certified that the end was haunted as well. What? So what are our thoughts on certification of haunted places? I'd like to certify the ghost hunters. Many of them anyway. <laughs> What's their qualification <laughs> to certify anything? They're professional and for, ghost hunters. And, and what the hell is mostly haunted? <laughs> <laughs> Can you help well, me with that? <laughs> You got a better and average chance of having invisible people in your house. I don't know. <laughs> it's mostly haunted. Okay. Does that mean? I mean, is got, that that in the UK? Yeah, we've got groups in the UK who've um, offered. Uh, I've been to locations where there's a certificate proudly displayed on the wall of the the location, given to them by a ghost group who spent some time there um, and declared it to be haunted. Um, and they produce a, a lovely certificate, usually off the laser printer, and they have it framed. And yeah, it happens here too. Okay. So, what's your thoughts about that? Um, well, I, I'm with Ron Junior on this. You know, where where are their qualifications to decide that? How do you decide if a building is haunted? There are definitions, of course. Um, you know, to describe a haunting, but. Can you go there for a certain length of time, and how long do you have to be there, and what criteria does a haunted building have to reach before you can award it a certificate? And does the criteria from one group, I mean, if one group won't award you a haunting certificate, do you go elsewhere to get your certificate? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what if two groups came in, would they both certify it as haunted? I mean, I guess you could say, you know, if, if you are a... Uh, you know, established ghost hunting group and your K2 meter went off a couple times in there, then, you know, uh, in your opinion as a, as a uh, professional ghost hunting group, it, it, it must be haunted. Uh, so I guess that's the criteria that, that they may be using. So uh, I don't know. But the whole thing, I mean, it's we, we come down to this, I mean, a lot of groups nowadays you like to use the term to appear to be skeptical or to scientific. Appear, to appear to be scientific, they, they, they constantly refer to locations as allegedly haunted or reputedly haunted. And in actual fact, that definition itself is incorrect because as soon as somebody has an experience at a location that falls within the broad category of general understanding and definition of haunting, then that location becomes haunted because the entire definition is based upon a subjective experience. So, so you can't... So every building... Worse, well, every building, every building is allegedly haunted until you actually have somebody report an experience there, then it becomes haunted. That's can, the way the definition works. 
But can you prove a place isn't haunted? Can you absolutely say this place is not haunted? Because well, you went in, well, you went in and your K2 didn't blink. So does, well, does, does, <laughs> one of the great... I mean, when we've done experiments over here where we've set up a haunting in a location where nothing has ever been reported previously, then one of the situations that we have faced um, from those who cl then claim to have an experience uh, along the lines of what we had suggested they may have, then said, ah, but you can't prove it's not haunted, which indeed you can't prove the negative. Um, so, so uh, it's one of the it's one of those chaotic things that you know you try to control when you're devising an experiment. And of course, you can't prove a negative. Uh, I can't prove that this building, this this house I live in, isn't haunted, although nothing has ever happened. Right. Okay. And, and it goes to what a haunting is. Really, the definition of a haunting. Uh, that that's the problem is is what is the definition of a, a haunting? Uh, you know, is, is somebody have a Funkin' Wagnall dictionary we could look it up in maybe and <laughs> see what it actually says? But it, what is the definition of a haunting? Is, is it, what is it? I don't know myself. Well, I'd be well, happy to Google that for you. Could well, you are, it? Uh, I would love to. <laughs> there are definitions. I mean, every dictionary has a definition. Um, they have to yeah. include the word uh, haunted or haunting and what it relates to. Um, and that, that diction, rather like the definition of the word ghost, is entirely interpretive and subjective. Um, you know, there are lots of different definitions of ghost. For example, the Oxford English Dictionary actually directly refers to a ghost as a, an apparition of a deceased person. But of course, you've got ghosts of buses and animals and airplanes. So that definition is imprecise, and the definition mm. for haunting is equally going to be imprecise because it's based upon somebody's uh, interpretation of uh, you know, their beliefs when they write down um, a definition. When they write yeah, we, we tend, I, on, on that, uh, Steve, we tend to say, you know, a ghost. I could see that. And if it's a ghost of a train or a plane, we, we say a spectral plane or a spectral train or, or an apparition of a train or something like that. Astral uh, plane. Yeah, 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 there you go. But a bing. Did you find that definition for us? Well, uh, the definition of haunting... Mm -hmm. is remaining in the consciousness not quickly forgotten or the act of a person or thing that haunts visitation. Oh, that's interesting. Visitation. So, I mean, just plain haunted is inhabited or frequented by ghosts. Preoccupied as with an emotion, memory, or idea, obsessed or distressed, disturbed, and worried. Sounds like Ron every day. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, those are your definitions. Right. And and the interesting thing is the one that you say a haunting is something basically from the past that dwells in the in the present. I, whether it's an idea, an incident, or a, a something, we walk into a place that was hauntedly eerie or whatever uh you, you know or, or we have something from the past that haunts us uh you know a memory uh an incident and and, and so 
it, it does take that that leap from something that has occurred or, or was occurred or whatever something from the past and brings it to the present present it has an impact on the present so but whatever it you know if you as far as being a, a person or a thing it could be it could be an idea under that definition or, or a, a memory or whatever that's entirely true, but are accepted. We have general terms that we understand. Um, you know, the definitions may be imprecise, but the the general understanding within the population, within uh, within conversation, everybody understands what a ghost is. You know, if we can, we talk generally about ghosts. Uh, we may not be precisely talking about the same de defined. Um, experience. You know, some people may see solid apparitions some people may see astral planes uh mm -hmm. but they they all use the generic term the same with haunting everybody understands what a haunted house is you uh, around halloween you always see haunted houses advertised and right. there is no question that everybody understands it's something scary it's, right precisely yeah it, it's there's scary. no there's no sweet haunted houses you know you no, don't have it's, you, it's scary. well that might be scary to some people uh but <laughs> <laughs> it's scary, and it always involves a ghost in the common, you know, understanding of the word. So we have an accepted use of a word that's actually different from a defined use of a word. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, we, we want to talk a little bit about investigating, and we all have our own beliefs going in, and I, I'd like to, you know, see. When we first started doing this, what our thoughts were and have they changed? So I'm going to start with my, my son, uh, Ron Jr. Uh, Ron, when you first started doing this, I mean, what were your beliefs and, and have they changed through the many years you've been doing this? I mean, I've always believed in ghosts since I was a kid. Um, going out with you... I, I'd say I've gotten more skeptical. But <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, it, stuff happens. Stuff happens that we can't explain. But the human mind is so credulous and re ready to believe some stuff that, I mean, the more I do it, the more you have to look for the other explanations before you can accept that something weird just happened. Okay. Yes. So you, you think you're more skeptical. So next I'll go to Anne. What's, what's your thoughts, Anne, when you first started and, and has it changed? Uh, when I first started, uh, oh, definitely. I mean, changed not 100%, but I think when I first started, I was um, obviously – I didn't have the knowledge that I have now. Um, you know, I was a big uh, uh, orb orb person <laughs> when I first started. <laughs> oh, but uh, Steve's type of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think that uh, I think that I expected more um, when I investigated than what actually ever happened. And, but now, 
uh, I would say I'm no longer an orb person at all. Um, right. And I, I, I think that I still maintain the same level of skepticism that I always had. Um, I, I was never one to jump at every little creak or sound or whatever. And I'm still, I'm still not. I, I think that I'm overly skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost, um, you know, I think I put up too many walls to, uh, to believe sometimes. And I've been told that too. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you kind of gotta, you know, Ian, you gotta be a little more open. Um, so I, I would say that's what I would say about that. Well, Stephen, you're, you're up. Yeah, that leaves me, doesn't it? But you you know, I've said many times, for me, it's never, right from the very beginning, it's never been one of belief. Um, simply more of one of trying to understand. But I've never had any problem with people seeing ghosts. Um, so for me, it was, it was never an issue of belief. Uh, more of an issue of hope, I guess, because I was more hopeful of seeing a ghost way back when I started than I am these right. days. Um, I agree with that. Know, <laughs> I, I, you know, that was, I've said many, many times, uh, I think the only reason that people ever go into it, forget the altruism, forget the trying to help the neighbors with the demons and all that. We all really, really deep down, we want to see a ghost. We want to have well, that experience. Yeah. To, it, and we want to have that experience to understand it. We want to share the experience that, that somebody that we've read about, that somebody's told us about, uh, that they've shared with us. And we want to be there and have it too. And I think that's the motivation for most people who, um, when they start mm-hmm. and as they continue. Um, yeah, we develop uh, as we go. We, we, we increase in our knowledge. We develop techniques and methods and understanding. And that you know that that does tend to increase skepticism or con- or equally it could just crush hope um, you know we replace hope with uh you know skepticism disappointment mm-hmm. and that's what happened to Houdini yeah you know Houdini was um desperate to speak to his mother and mm. he maintained you know that desire throughout his life but it was crushed from him and turned him into somebody who sought to, you know, expose the people who were who were taking away his hope. Mm-hmm. 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 So I guess that leaves me, right? Yes, sir. No. Yeah, we yeah. don't care. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is true, and and that's basically the way I've been. When I first started the Ghost Project, of course, I started because I, I had never was really interested in ghosts, but I, I did have an experience that I couldn't explain. And I realized there were a lot of things that I couldn't explain. And when I first started it, uh, I wanted to disprove or, or uh, prove the paranormal. And I soon realized that that was a fool's uh, journey. So uh, I no longer do that. I, I investigate it totally. And there is nothing out of bounds as far as, as what I'm guessing. Uh, investigating, and I keep an extremely open mind with it, which, unlike a lot of people, and every single one of you on the show just did the same thing. I'm very skeptical, but uh, you know, you, you like to, it, it's just like saying allegedly and, and thing. It, you, you don't make a stand on it. it, it <sighs> I didn't uh, say skeptical. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you did. No, I didn't. 
you insinuate. Play, can, can we get production to play the tape back, please? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's not your show. Good done. <laughs> so, it, anyways, uh, to me, it, it's it's really just the, the the journey itself and investigating every specific aspect of it to try to understand as much as it as I can, and. Uh, not just to try to debunk, and that's what a lot of people do, which is it makes them, you know, feel like uh, they're more mainstream. In other words, I don't have to go out on the edge because I'm saying I'm debunking things, and I hate that word more than anything, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, do you feel the same way, anyone? About debunking, going into it with the attitude, yeah, going into a place that periodically you where debunking is 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 your yeah, main. I- I never go in with that attitude ever, ever. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, if you get sorry, Ron, I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead, Steve. I was giving way to Ron Junior. Okay, um, for me, it's you know you say debunking. You've just had an experience. Now let's figure out what it could be before we say, oh, this was something paranormal. That is trying to understand the experience and, and not debunking it. And debunking means you're trying to disprove it, which is totally asinine. If, sorry, in my opinion. No, it, it's fine. It's just, you know, you, you, know, you experience something. It, it, all of us have come to experience something. <clears throat> and it's, we can just say, oh my God, that was a ghost. Or we can That's right. <laughs> just say, okay, I just had this experience. What could this be before I say this is something that I can't explain as a rational, natural thing? Oh, there's a, there was a draft or, you know, something else like that. Mm-hmm. Now, John just brought up an interesting point in chat. He said debunk. Does that also mean a closed mind? Of course it does, because if any investigator goes into uh, an investigation with any fit, with any mindset, uh, be it, you know they might be a believer, they might be a, a, an uber skeptic, but immediately you you have any form of opinion, you are in fact you 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 are operating with a closed mind because you are you are immediately going to discount or lessen. Anything that doesn't conform to your preformed expectations and beliefs. If you are mediumistic, you are going to interpret experiences positively. You know, that was a ghost. That was a spirit interaction. If you're a skeptic, you're going to go, no, that was a draft. That was a spider web that you just walked through. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be fully open to all of the possibilities, to both sides of the arguments. And in order to be, I believe, an effective investigator, when you step into a building, you have to leave your own beliefs and prejudices at the door. You know, Steve, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is the main thing of my paranormal CSI course is that you follow the evidence no matter what, you, what your beliefs are. And speaking of that, uh, starting in April, uh, it's going to start up again through uh, Circles of Wisdom. So uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's also uh, included within the book Ghostology, which is available on Amazon since your advertising. Yeah, you, you stole that. You stole that when you came over here. I know that. Picked my brain and that was it. 
yeah, 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 yeah. But anyways, uh, so, I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. But John talked about the uh, clothes buying, which is is what is true. But it's so difficult. I mean, how many people, whether they're mediums or ghost hunting groups or, or whatever, they'll always throw those two words out, debunking, scientific. I'm very scientific. I like to debunk things. And you hear the medium say that as well. I mean, don't you agree, Steve? I mean, you and I have pseudo, the- Yeah, it's pseudo-credibility. You can almost... Uh, we have mediums. We had one on the show last night. Um, we, we have mediums, and they use this pseudo-scientific language. Well, yes, I'm a medium, but I like to be sceptical and scientific, and I dismiss most of what I, I do, um, and I dismiss every other medium because they're not sceptical and scientific. They're using it as a, as a sort of quasi-badge of authenticity to give themselves enhanced credentials, because they're using the language of science and scepticism. Um, it would be rather like a ghost hunter going, well, you know what? I'm a scientist, but I have, you know, I have mediumistic tendencies on Wednesdays and Friday afternoons. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's, it would be nonsense if I suddenly started to say, yeah, well, I, you know, I, I do the odd mediumistic stuff, but, you know, I'm a scientist. But they use it, and people accept it because people generally misunderstand science. They, they, they assume that science is all about instruments, it's all about technology, it's all about objects that can measure stuff, and it's actually not. Science is entirely a methodology um, that's well understood. And it gives them credibility. Doing, it, yeah. It gives them a. It's. It. I mean, it's not just. It's. Do you know what? It's not actually not. It's the scientists themselves. I'm sure you've all been. Uh, and John raised in the chat room much, much. You know, at the start of the show about most haunted, and there was a. There's a parapsychologist who's on the show uh, week in, week out. A good friend of mine, Kieran O'Keefe, uh, and he starts everything, every question, every answer uh, he, he he gives. At, uh, with the same sort of, well, as a scientist, now that's scientism. As a scientist, Again. I have to say we have to take a break, so you're going to have to hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick. And our special guest today is Mini-Me, Ron Jr., and the most reverend, can I say reverend? Sure I can. Parsons, Stephen Parsons from the UK. We'll be right back at the following messages right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, and wherever else we'll be employed. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology... I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache. I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. 
Hi, I'm Ron Kolick from the New England Ghost Project. And I'm Gail Lax from Winslow Studio Yoga and Healing. And we'd like to invite you to a very special event that we're running March 18th through the 20th. At the historic Daniel Inn in Brunswick, Maine. This is a weekend retreat, Gail, right? It is. It's going to be fantastic. And it's going to be all about ghost hunting. And connecting with spirit. Ooh, that sounds fun. And we're going to try new things that have never been done before. And we'll be investigating one of the most historic houses in Brunswick. And your weekend will include some great workshops and energy, all of our paranormal investigations, some wonderful food, and a group mediumship reading as well. And a red light seance too, right? Yes. And you never know who will come through in a red light seance. You never know. And uh, if people are interested in getting tickets for this, how could they do that, Gail? Oh, they can go to our website at www.winsoulstudio.com and go to our events page and you can put your deposit down. And reserve your space for this amazing retreat. So don't delay on this rare opportunity to spend a weekend with Gail and me as we go in search Search of of spirit. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more. Located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian and Steve Parsons and Ron Kolek Jr. Welcome back. You know, the, I very nearly introduced Ghost Chronicles into <laughs> 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 got, got the heartbeat in my head. And I'm going, one, two, three, and well. Oh, 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 yep, yep. yep. <laughs> three heartbeats. Uh, dive in. <laughs> yeah, in on the third. <laughs> so, uh, before we get, I, I forget where you were, Steve. Do you have anything you want to add on that or just want to let it go? I, well, I forgot what I said there. Yeah, me too. So, we'll let it go. <laughs> what, what were we talking about again? Who am I? Who am I? So, Where I mean, am I? No, we, we have done this. Oh, yeah, uh, sorry. Yes, yeah, scientism. Oh, that, you're going back to that? Well, I thought yeah, we let it go. I was ready to bury it. Well, I, you know, just to conclude All right, briefly. Potting shot. Go ahead, a potting shot. <laughs> brief, just brief. It's not just the mediums, it's also, you know, the scientists themselves. They use it as some sort of badge. You know, this term, I am a parapsychologist, and they're not. Um, right, because you got all upset when I called you a parapsychologist on Facebook today. Yeah, I just don't like the term. I'm I a ghost hunter. I know, you're, you're really a humble person. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry, I, I must choke my tea, I'm sorry. <clears throat> oh, boys. Uh-huh. Anyway... <laughs> Okay, so all of us uh, collectively have been doing ghost hunting for over 100 years. So <laughs> I don't know where I got that, by the way. 
But actually, go on. Uh, that, that's... Probably closer to eighty. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't hang on, know. hang on. Go on, chat it up. Ron Jr. Yes. Give us a give us a number. Oh, uh, it is 2016, so that's 18 for dad. Um, what did you say? 18 plus another 16 is... Wow. 38, 44. There's a lot of math involved. I know, this is like work. I'm totally just... I was happy with the and 100 years. Going, how long have you been doing it? <laughs> how many years no, did you what say? Was, what was Ron's junior? What was, what was the number? What was the number? 16. They're up there combined 44. 16. 16. 16. Go ahead. He right. said 16. Okay, Ron Senior? Uh, three years. 142. Try that again, Ron. <laughs> uh, Since Christ was a corporal? Okay. Eight. Oh, between myself and my dad, that's 30... 34 years. 34 years. So, so and? 50. Ten. Well, years. We're in the high eighties. Yeah, you were right. Who said eighty? You won well, the prize. Okay, we'll give well, you. Well, wait, a... wait. Did you include Steve? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. We're in the high eighties. Oh, oh okay. So, all right. Uh, I think I think uh, Ron Junior said that that was eighty. So uh, we'll get you win a prize. You get telephone calls from the dead. Oh boy! You're not pawning that off on me, dude. <laughs> yeah. Second prize is two copies. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're the octogenarians of anyway, Do you know that's interesting that we did we just you know, we just came up with that cumulative number because there are a lot of groups now. I mean, you you have this um, competition about seniority and ghost hunting. Oh, I give, groups give that, a crap. There, there are groups, well, groups do, and there are groups that maybe formed five years ago, six, seven years ago, and what they say is now is they, you know, they, they weren't established in 2010, that between them, the 60 members of the group <laughs> <laughs> have have you know, 300 years ghost hunting experience. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Or they measure anyway. cases in man hours. You know, yeah. we have investigated this case for 150,000 man hours. Uh, <laughs> or seconds. You know, I always divide mine in seconds, so, you know, people are just totally impressed. But anyways, so we've been doing this for a long time, and if... what. I, I'm going to ask each of you, including myself, what is the single most interesting experience that you've had investigating the paranormal? We'll start with the young lady, Anne. Oh, okay. Um, I, and, and, you know, everybody's probably heard this story before, but the, the most interesting one that I've had when we were, it was a house in East Bridgewater, not too far down the street from me, and um, I was going to place a microphone. There was nobody in the house and smelled very, very strong perfume out, suddenly out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, I could not explain it. There was, and believe me, you know how we always talk about haunted houses, like the, the houses that are always the most haunted are always seem to be the filthiest, grossest, most dysfunctional house you've ever been in. Hey, leave the love shack alone. <laughs> well, this was that house, oh, uh, let okay. me tell you. And, um, but needless to say, you know, there were two of us there, nobody else, and that happened. 
why did that happen? I don't know. Um, but it, it really freaked me out. It's, it's, it's one of the freakier things that's happened to me. I, I, you know, I've, I wish that I could say, yeah, I saw a full bodied apparition and scared the crap out of me, but I haven't. So mm-hmm. that's my experience that, you know, kind of scared me. Okay. Well, I, we didn't say scared, by the way. You said the most that was the most interesting to you. We never said scared. Well, that scared. was my most interesting. So you fought it with that. So uh, we'll go to the next youngest of the group, and that would be Ron Jr. Uh, actually, investigating. <laughs> what? Although most interesting stuff has actually happened to me when I haven't even been looking in generally daylight hours. Okay, so what? Give us, give us a thing. Uh, um, which any, one? Any sample? I mean, you talked about it, so you mentioned daylight hours, so something must have came to mind as you as you said that. Um, the experience I had at your shop, um, something that happened to me in our own apartment. Um, I even had an experience at work. Just that one was at nighttime, but it was. Very well. Yeah, I'll go with that one because I haven't. Uh, I don't know if either Ann or Steve has heard this one before. I would um, like to do that. I work, I work at a wastewater treatment plant, so it does have an odor. We <laughs> no, have odor control really? systems in place, but <laughs> there's an odor. I was working a overtime on the four to twelve shift, and I was on the presses, and I went upstairs to go in the press room and check it. Now, you go upstairs, there's an area outside the room, and then you go through the door in there. Uh, we have an odor control system that draws air out of there. Um, inside that room, there is an odor. Outside of it, there is a uh, computer terminal where you can uh, make changes to the equipment. I walk up to that terminal to log on, and I'm engulfed in the smell of lilacs. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm in the middle of a poop plant. There's no flowers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm inside a building. The windows are closed. There's no way you should smell lilacs in the middle of a poop plant. It's probably grandma. That was interesting. There you go. And to back that up a little bit, uh, there is a documented death on that floor of that building. Of lilacs? <laughs> no, a worker died. Oh. Uh, was he wearing lilacs? <laughs> no. <laughs> so? <laughs> well, to, to get into folklore or conventional wisdom or whatever, lilac, the smell of lilacs is something good as opposed to you smell something rotten, but... Oh, okay. So and again, if I smell something yep, rotten I, there, I wouldn't good, notice. Okay, I got that. So that that one was interesting, and you know, we had a experience here in the apartment. Um, it was one of my days off. I had a migraine, and my lovely fiance Beth was great enough to run out to um, Dunkin' Donuts to grab something salty, a bacon sandwich or whatever to help me out. And I was laying in bed. The door to the bedroom was half open. It's cold weather, so 
everything's closed up. We don't have open windows. Everything's latched. Before we had cats, so it's just me there. We have a um, dream catcher on the upside of the door. Now, mm-hmm. if you open the door fast enough, that will lift up and fall back and flap down. Mm-hmm. So I'm laying in bed, waiting for her to get back. I hear from the living room kitchen area, shuffle, 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 shuffle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, babe. Beth. <laughs> And then I hear the car alarm engage, which means she just got out of the car and was just walking outside. She hasn't even entered the building yet, never mind the apartment. And I lift my head up in time to see the door open, and I hear the dream catcher slap down. Hmm. So <laughs> I saw that door move on its wow. own. Not me. She hadn't even entered the apartment building, and probably 30 seconds after that, she entered our apartment itself. So it's like, okay, that was interesting. <laughs> no, why Lex involved, though? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all make, right. make fun of it all you want, but that was... I'm a, not making fun uh, of it. I would never do that. That should not depend where Yes, you are. Was. You're totally making fun of him. Van Helsing. Never. never. Yeah. I never do. That's my personal blood. Baloney. Well, at least I think it's my personal blood. But anyway. Oh, stop it. Moving, moving right along. Steve, you must have something that's amazing because you, you are, have been doing this long before, longer than any of us. Um, yeah, one night. Um, I used to be a registered nurse and I was in charge, nurse in charge of a elderly care home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd been off for three days, and they'd employed an agency nurse, and I came back in, and I was on nights. Uh, I arrived about 7 p.m. And the agency nurse, there was no point in them giving me a staff handover um, because, you know, I knew the patients better than they did, so I sent them on the way. And I gave myself... Uh, first thing I always did every night when I, when I came in on duty was to take a walk through the building, check everybody was okay, you know, eyes on. Um, started up on the, I've got to remember that you Americans, you know, you don't have a ground floor, but, you know, this is ground plus three. So went up to the top floor, um, had a look in the rooms, said hi to the people that were in the rooms, the residents, worked my way down to the next landing, to the next landing. And on the first floor, which would be the American second floor, um, there were a, there's an elderly couple and they had side-by-side rooms. Uh, I'll call them Elsie and Ernie. Um, and they'd been residents there for about two years. And every night it was the practice that we would take El- uh, Ernie into his wife so they could have their cocoa together, say their good nights, and then just to separate rooms. Yeah. And if we were a little bit late, it wasn't unusual that Ernie would, you know, uh, he was very frail and very unse- uh, unsteady on his feet. But nonetheless, he would get his zimmer and he would topple down the corridor. Um, if we were a bit slow getting getting them together, and on this night I came uh, from the stairs onto the onto the landing, and in front of me, about six or seven feet away, uh, with his back to me, was Ernie uh, between the two rooms, mm-hmm. and uh, I turned and said to him, "Head back into your room, Ernie. Wait there, and I'll get the girls to come and give you a hand." And he he half glanced over his shoulder and he said to me in a clear clear voice. Uh, I'm just going to say goodbye to Elsie. 
and I continued, you know, thought nothing of it, uh, didn't look back, went straight down to the ground floor, went into the uh, the uh, lounge where the staff were waiting for their meeting, and I said, before we do the before we do the handover meeting, can can a couple of you just go and stick Ernie in with Elsie before he wanders off and gets himself into trouble? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That'll be me. Or falls. <laughs> and, they, and they looked at me quizzically. Yes, I said, I said um, you, know, you know, just you know, go stick Ernie in with Elsie um, and then we'll, we'll do the meeting. And they looked at me again and said, are you trying to be funny? I went, no, look, you know, see these blue epaulets? Yeah, that means I'm the boss. So nice white <laughs> uniform. You have blue uniform. You go do, jo- you go do what I say. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> a bit like parasites, really, without the uniforms. Yeah. And um, <laughs> they said to me, "No, you're just being funny." Ernie died two days ago, and I went, "Really?" really? <laughs> I said, "Well, somebody better tell Ernie because he's just walking up the corridor." Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so I thought they were then taking fun of me. Uh, uh-huh. So I went off. I, I said, right, you wait there. You two go up and check anyway. I'm going to go back to the office and went through the the, the diary book. Um, and lo and behold, 48 hours early in my first night off, uh, oh. he, he had indeed died. Now, Eb, they immediately thought um, this was seven o'clock in the evening. They immediately thought and there was some ribbing going on that I was trying to yank the chain that I'd obviously being told the information at handover by the agency nurse, uh-huh. uh, and I was just pulling the chain um, till midnight. Every hour, we used to do uh, a, a walk around to make sure everybody was in bed, everybody was comfortable, dry, and safe. Mm. Um, and we used to take it in turns. Anyway, two of the girls went off. Uh, two of the staff girl, uh, the assistants went off to do uh, the first floor. I went to the second floor. I'd just come back down, and there was an enormous scream and rushing feet towards the front door in the main entrance. Uh-oh. I made to the entrance to try and see what was going on. There was a commotion, and one of the girls was grabbing her coat, and I'm not staying another minute in this building. I said, what, what, what's, what's, what's happening? Ernie's just walked out of his room. I said, see, I told you. I told you. I told you he wasn't dead. (laughs) You know, I could could rationalise it by saying I hallucinated it. Uh, Uh, But he was was absolutely real and solid and genuine. There was nothing nothing in what took place unusual. Um, Mm -hmm. In every every respect, it was exactly as it should have been, the conversation. The only thing I realised later is that he'd said, I'm going to say goodbye to Elsie. Yeah, uh, and I never picked that up at the time, but it's it it was sort of burnt into my memory. But that was the yeah. only thing that, that that was unusual about the situation. Mm. You know, Steve, that's that's uh, that's really intriguing because uh, you know I've seen uh, people that weren't there, uh, whether you want to call them ghost or whatever they are, um, before. But I've never had one talk to me. To me, that that's a, a really unique experience. And and I know up at Vizi, uh, the, the caretaker that happened to the Hambers with the nuns. But uh, it, to me, that that's you know that's I, I'm jealous of something like that because that is really something that's really really cool. 
yeah. uh, to happen. Yeah. And, it would have been a lot you know, cooler if it realised at the time it could have done what they did in Ghostbusters and jumped on him. That's what I do. I always just stick my bag. Yeah. I mean, that's we had a plan. That was the plan. You rush them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> then she turns into that monster. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, it, it's it's so interesting because you know I've had so many things happen to me and, and witnessed so many strange things that it's it's hard to pick one out. And and you know, like you see apparitions like that, and it, it's cool. And but to say something, you know, I've gone on exorcisms before, which are, you know, totally different cool. And uh, but I think if I had to pick one thing, if you said, OK, you know, I've seen objects go flying across the room and everything else. But if I had to pick one thing and and I think I'm going to go with this and that would be the end at Washington Square. Um, uh, we did a ghost hunting event there and and knows this place, as we had talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in the uh, the back, the honeymoon suite, actually. And yeah. um, we had three groups come in there, and, and I was doing a little glass swirling. Imagine that, Steve, glass swirling. <laughs> a little bit of glass swirling, providing there's yeah. a gin in it. Yeah, 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 I like it. So anyway, uh, so, you, you know, you do these events, and, and it, it, you know, it, it's so hard for me. I imagine that how hard it is for the ghost to hear the same damn questions all the time. Too. All right. <laughs> so, you know, so we had did three groups. Now, this is glass whirling. Nothing scientific, nothing. And glass whirling is glass whirling. Uh, it's fun, but that's it. Uh, so anyways, we, uh, we're doing glass whirling. Uh, first group, you know, same question, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, second group. Third group came in. It was late in night. And, you know, there's about uh, 20 people there. It was a good-sized group. And so we're doing a glass whirling. And, you know, I was getting tired of questions. And I said, you know what? Do you have a question for us? And the glass says yes by swirling. And, and of course, and then we decided, well, who is it? And then we said, well, how are we going to find out? So we'll ask everybody's name. So we started going through everybody's name. You know, is it Ann? No. Is it Steve? No. Is it Ron? No. Is it Louise? No. Is it Dorian? No. So we did everybody in the group. And it all said no. And then... That was everybody. I said, so we asked again, uh, are you, do you have a question for us? And it said yes. And then, in fact, Leslie Madden was there at that time. She wasn't a member of the group. She had just attended that event. And she, she piped up, do you have a question for Ron? And it said yes. <laughs> so we went into this little glass whirling thing. Now, remember, this is glass whirling. There's nothing scientific about it. And supposedly we made contact with the uh, the spirit of a young girl that was at the end. There's a lot more that's to the story than this, but uh, a young girl that was at the end. Now, the end is primarily haunted by, haunted by this young girl and uh, an undertaker, uh, a rather stern man, according to you know investigations and stuff. So, anyways, the girl uh, through the glass once again is asking help. She wants us to get rid of. The Undertaker. <laughs> so, you, you know, once again, I don't believe in interfering in any of that stuff. So that's that's not my cup of tea. So anyways, it's like something changed in the room because the glass went crazy. And then all of a sudden it just shot towards me. Right. And then I got I felt like I got hit like a 
a train had gone through me and actually knocked me backwards, right? Mm. So I don't know whether it was the spirit trying to just pass through me or into me or whatever the hell it was. But, you know, we had figured that uh, the undertaker came into the room, realized what the girl that was so scared of her was doing and everything. But, you know, this is all just glass swirling, you know, take it for what it's worth. But the interesting thing, the next day, uh, Maureen and I, uh, I got together to do some more writing. And so I, I pulled up my shirt. And I says, check this out. My entire chest was bruised. Oh, my God. It was like somebody had beat me with a baseball bat. Wow. Just as that spirit. So to me, that was kind of a, a unique experience. I mean, absolutely no proof, no scientific, nothing at all. It was mm-hmm. a interesting experience that always left an impression. It certainly left an impression on my chest. <laughs> Apparently uh, so. <laughs> but, but to me, it was, it, it, it was kind of, uh, you know, because I had that causal effect, though. There was something, there was some type of evidence that this perhaps really did happen. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So, that's my sad wow. story. We got a child in that room. Yeah. There, you, so you got that child, too, then? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. God, I thought cool. you said for a minute you had a child in that room. Uh, no. no <laughs> not me. What the hell do you do on those investments? Maybe some uh, other people, missed... but not me. <laughs> missed... the... Did I mention that was the honeymoon suite? Yes. <laughs> yep. Get a little jacuzzi tub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Not, a, not as nice as quite, the, quite a few been conceived in there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've had way, way bigger jacuzzi tubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll never forget. That's my most memorable. <laughs> wow, can you believe it? Pizza from the dead here. We got to wrap it up. That's good. I'm really hungry. <laughs> yeah, it's got a nice little eyeball on it there. Ooh, yeah. Is that a finger? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's finger food. That's right. Yeah. Nice. All right. So, Steve, I want to thank you so much for joining us all the way from the UK, which is now almost 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and, yep. uh, Been a hey, pleasure. God bless you. A- a- after the show, can you call me at uh, Jan Skype's? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Brief second. Yeah. Because I have something to ask you. And uh, Ron Jr., I want to thank you so much for uh, joining us as well and, and sharing those experiences, really. I, I never heard about that couple of those so that one of the apartment one i did but the uh the pooper plant i did not so <laughs> yeah, i thought but, i told you that one i, no, I don't remember that. if i did i forgot and you know i'm old so it's very possible uh, it happens so, to be 129 at least and yeah. then yeah it's always a pleasure so anyways we've got to wrap it thank up thank you all right but, uh, uh steve do you have anything else you want to say before you go you have uh anything you want to push like yeah, buy Ghostology. Yeah, um, yeah, buy Ghostology on Amazon. But not the other one. Not Ghostology, Ghost Hunting 101 by some American from Seattle. That's you you for... got ripped off? Yeah. Uh, that... Nice. Well, I have posted both the correct links on our Facebook Thank page. Thank you so much. Because at... when I, whenever I post it, of course, I post the Amazon UK one. Um, ah, okay. So that's, that's well, I've posted one. both... Uh, Paracoustics and Ghostology. It's on our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation Facebook page. Hop on over there. Thank pick them both up. Yeah, yeah. You won't be yeah, disappointed. We, That's right. Yeah, and we got a few more seconds. I do want to mention, of course, uh, my retreat weekend, which is coming up March 18th with uh, Gail Latch from Winslow Studios. It's going to be freaking awesome. I'm so looking forward to this. This is a five-star hotel. 
classy rooms, great food, which is included in your your food is included in the in the thing. We're gonna do a yoga. We're gonna do psychic development. Uh, it's gonna be readings. Uh, there'll be ghost hunting. There'll be. I even brought my Ouija cardboard game, card game, and we'll be doing that after the ghost hunt. We'll have a red light seance and all kinds of cool stuff. So. Uh, Check it out, my website, nyghostproject.com. The letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and it's time to go, I guess. So, All right. Van Helsing's like going to be wicked chilled out. Yeah. You betcha. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.